I'm David Green, and welcome back to the Digital HR Leaders Podcast, where we share valuable insights from global HR thought leaders on how, as HR professionals, we can harness data and digital to create value and enhance the workforce experience. If you're a long-term listener of the podcast, you may recall that last year we had Ian White, CEO of people analytics technology firm ChartHop on the show. Well, since then, ChartHop has really gone from strength to strength with some amazing growth. To learn how ChartHop has maintained a positive employee experience during such rapid growth, I sat down with ChartHop's very own VP of People and Talent, Emily Connery, and Director of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion and Belonging, Ivory Johnson, so they could share some of their employee experience and DEIB secrets with us. We need to ensure that we are linking every single project or accomplishment to a KPI, and then that rating system will automatically generate what their bonus payout will be or what their compensation increase will be. So if they if they get an outstanding or an exceeds expectation, they get this amount of a raise. So that way it's equitable and it's already in the process. As well as providing insights on creating fair recruitment, compensation and performance processes, Emily and Ivory also talk about how they have built a thriving culture in what is a mostly remote workforce. Our conversation also provides guidance on how to promote and measure belonging. We also discuss the role data and HR technology plays in enhancing the employee experience, as Emily and Ivory share their perspective view on the future of HR technology. So without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome Ivory and Emily to the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Ivory, Emily, it's great to have you on the show. A big welcome. You know, as the sponsors of this season's podcast, please could you give a brief into overview to Chart Hop and both of your roles within the organization? So maybe Emily, you might want to go first on that one. Sure. Uh, at ChartUp, I'm the VP of People and Talent. So I have the pleasure of running our um, recruitment HR teams. And uh, I was ChartUp's second customer, actually. So that is my claim to fame. I'm a, a huge fan of the product. We are a people analytics platform. How I use it on a daily basis is for org planning and management. I use it many times every single day. It is a, a key piece of my daily chart of life. Great. And a great story to hear that you were the second customer and now you work within the organization leading uh, recruitment and HR. And Ivory, if you'd like to give an introduction as well. Hi, I'm Ivory Johnson, pronoun she, her, and I lead all of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging at ChartHop. Um, I've worked for companies in the past, such as Google, Twitter, and DuPont. Um, but my role is really around advocating for equity, fairness, and representation across all of ChartHop, but also extending that out into the industry as well. Well, it's wonderful to have you both on the show. And it's it's quite good because it's about 18 months on since uh, your CEO, Ian White, was on, on the show. And he was very much talking to us about how to create actionable insights through all the people data that we have within the organization. Since then, I know that ChartHop has experienced some phenomenal growth. So before we hear about how you're using ChartHop internally within the organization and some of the HR and recruitment and DEIB practices that you're developing within the within the company itself, I think listeners would love to to learn a little bit more about how ChartHop has grown in the last year. 
Wow. I'm, uh, we grew by um, over 100 employees. Um, so that, that was one of our biggest areas of growth. We also added several key executives to the team. We added our um, CFO, Matt Wolf. We added Ivory, our director of DEIB, Justin Garrity, our VP of product, and Paul Sesmareni, who is our chief sales officer. So big changes on the executive team, very exciting. We also um, had a key partnership developed with Jobvite to streamline hiring and headcount planning. We just launched our compensation reviews, which is really exciting to help people in finance teams make more equitable, streamlined decisions around compensation. We had a acquisition of Gather, which really advanced our abilities to automate workflows across the entire employee journey. Most recently, we were recognized by courts for best remote company. So that was really exciting too. So not much then in 18 months. <laughs> Just a few things. <laughs> What's it like to, to, to be in an organization that's growing so quickly, particularly in, within HR and recruitment? Because of course, recruitment is absolutely key if you're going to grow the organization at the pace it, it needs to grow at. For me, it's about being adaptable and really remembering to help people live through the change. So every single day as a leader, you need to wake up and think, how can I best communicate around the change or help people adapt to this change, um, remind people to be flexible and as quickly as possible, every leader needs to get on board with change so that they can then lead through the change. It's very exciting to be a part of a company that is moving very fastly and intentional as well. And I think Folks like to join startups because you're able to have immediate impact and then see the results of that impact very quickly. Um, so it's definitely exciting. But I agree, you have to be adaptable. You have to be willing to change change directions, um, keep up with the pace. But it's a very exciting thing to be a part of. When companies experience such growth, you know, some organizations, there's a tendency to lose sight of the of the whole employee experience. But I know at ChartHop, you practice what you preach, which is which is fantastic. You're, you're focused on ensuring that the employee experience is at the forefront of all your people management initiatives. Could you give us an overview of some of the initiatives you're working on to, to enhance the employee experience at ChartHop? A few things that we do on a routine basis. The first one is our company all hands. Those take place every single week for an hour. We cover updates from every department as well as key announcements. We do anniversary highlights, milestones, um, you know, such as weddings or, or babies being born, and we highlight all birthdays as well. So it's a great chance for everyone in the company to come together, hear the same message at the same time. We're very transparent around achievements and challenges that the company is facing. And it's a great chance to reiterate our values as well. For example, we do our quarterly values awards. And so people are nominated by their peers and managers and then given those quarterly values awards in, in front of the whole company. We also have a program called Social Captains, where basically there are volunteers from every department that on a quarterly basis run the monthly events for their department. And so it's up to them to pick what would work best to connect their team remotely. If there's the opportunity in person, fantastic. But, you know, in the world that we're living in now, often remote. And then something else that we just started this past year is our annual retreat. And so we're really excited to do it again next year. We called it Camp Pop, getting the whole team together. We went to the Poconos. It's all about team building. There really wasn't much in terms of presentations. It was really about getting people together and building that trust that is a little bit more challenging to build in a remote context. And I believe you've also introduced, maybe Ivory, you talk about this, some, some employee resource groups and a, and a DEIB council as well. Yeah, yeah. So we were able to launch four ERGs at Chart Hop. So 
We have IRIS, which is um, a community base for LGBTQ community. We have CARE for diverse ability community. And then we also have Women of Chart Hop. And then we also have Asian Alliance. Um, so four, um, hopefully by the beginning of next year, we'll have more. But these are really places where our employees can go find a safe space, but also build community and also just learn more. So anyone that even does not identify as being a part of that community can join to just learn and be an ally. We also introduced um, a DIB council. So the council is a governing body that sits beside myself and DIB, but also is really taking a look across the organization around what are the gaps when it comes to DIB and then what are what are most important to our people and where can we make the biggest impact? But they're also bubbling things up to our executive team. So that way DIB is always a conversation um, and everyone knows what's actually happening. So this group was introduced about two months ago. Um, and right now they're working on a strategic plan. So a lot happening. The only other thing that we that we launched from a DIB perspective is chart talks. So this was an employee volunteered program. So an employee came to me with this idea and said, I think we need more safe spaces. Um, so chart talk is something we do every month where employees come together, talk about a heavy topic, but it can also be like a light topic just around DEIB. And it's really just that safe space for everyone to just learn more, express themselves at work. So yeah, it's we've, we've gotten really good reviews from it and we're continuing that on a monthly basis. What's the feedback been from from employees and, and maybe from leaders in, in, in the company as well around these initiatives that, that you're taking? The, the feedback has been uh, really good. However, I, I would say employees definitely want more. They want to see more of these things. It's exciting to see these things come come across and they're seeing the impact immediately. Um, but there's definitely an appetite for more. So we'll be able to see more things come out of it. But one thing that I really wanted to come to the organization and say is I'm just one person. I don't have all the ideas um, in order for us to do this the right way, we all have to come together and build it together. So example is chart talk. It's something, and it was an idea from employees. So I want our employees to be able to come to me, to our leadership team and say, hey, here's an idea. Let's try it. Let's try and see if it works. And if it doesn't, we can always change and shift as well. And, and what Ivory is being very humble about right now is that in order to have those three bodies of work be successful, she first needed to build trust within the organization. And so Ivory started in January she spoke at all hands. She started with smaller events, with a speaker series, focus groups, really getting to know the population, being involved in an engagement survey. And once she knew the population and they knew her, she was able to successfully implement these things. And I think that's really key to, to be able to be successful. Otherwise, people don't have the trust and feel like it's safe space to go out there and start an ERG. That's a really big thing to do for the first time at a company. These are a lot of initiatives, you know, obviously the company's growing very fast, but it, it's great that it's not just all about growth. It's about sustaining that growth and, and you know, keeping with the with your hands, for example, where there's so much probably happening as new people joining all the time. Having those weekly all hands is a great way to keep everyone informed around what's happening, get people to obviously con contribute to that as well. And it sounds like the awards that you're doing related to your values as well, which is very important. Emily, I presume... Obviously, Ian probably owns culture, although you could argue everyone owns culture within an organization. But as the kind of person implementing some of the, the cultural stuff in, in, in Chart Hop, you know, I guess the culture is kind of shifting and evolving as well as you, as you, as you grow so fast. And having those weekly all hands is probably really helpful contributor to, 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 towards, you know, evolving that. 
Absolutely. It can be really challenging when a company grows so quickly. I mean, when I joined last April, I was employee 38 and now we're over 200 people. Um, So that's just rapid growth. And I think manager conversations and one-on-ones, team conversations when people have their weekly team meetings, and then those all hands, the more that those conversations can be formalized, you sometimes we get a little scared of the word formal or, or formalizing things, but I think communications need to be really thoughtful and really planned out. And um, what a manager brings to a one-on-one or to a team meeting, they make sure is being sort of reiterated at company meetings is really, really key, especially with the dispersed workforce. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Some great examples here. I think for Many listeners who are either leaders in, in, in smaller companies that are growing rapidly or, or maybe working in or thinking of joining a, a, you know, a company that's growing fast as well. In a few moments, I will continue my conversation with Ivory and Emily on how to maintain a positive employee experience amidst rapid growth. But before we go back, let me take this short break as an opportunity to tell you a little bit about Charthop, the sponsors of this season's podcast. ChartHop is transforming the way companies manage and support their people. Because like a giant alien robot shifting into a semi-truck, when it comes to how you view your people, there's more than meets the eye. Delivering a fresh take on people analytics that's out of this world, ChartHop seamlessly consolidates and visualizes disparate sources of people data into one powerful platform, creating more informed, empowered, and connected organizations. From executives to individual contributors, to every employee in between, ChartHop is designed for everyone in the organization. Head to charthop.com forward slash digital HR to learn how HR leaders are leveraging ChartHop. That's charthop.com forward slash digital HR. Welcome back to my conversation with ChartHop's VP of People and Talent and also Director of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion and Belonging. In this section of the interview, Emily and Ivory are going to share guidance on ensuring fair and equal compensation and performance processes, as well as how to promote belonging in a diverse and hybrid workplace. Let's dive a little bit deeper on the work that you've been doing around compensation and, and performance benefits, because, again, I think this is something that's going to really resonate with listeners. Um, obviously, again, you've invested a lot of time and, and effort and, and, and money into this. You know, it'd be great to learn a little bit more about what you've been doing and how you've both been working together uh, to ensure that everyone in the organization has a, has a fair and equal opportunity. This has very much been a partnership between the two of us. Obviously, the entire process to be fair. Um, we wanted it to be transparent. We're all about transparency at ChartHop, um, not just culturally, but our product supports that, right, in, in the ability to access the people analytics. And we wanted the, the company to fully understand how they can get promoted. How do they get a raise? When can they get a raise? And we really wanted feedback to be continuous throughout the year and not just be saved for these special review conversation moments. So uh, starting with compensation, Twice a year, we do our benchmarking and we partner very much with finance on that in making sure that we have the data science work done. That needs to be communicated in advance to leadership, 
to managers to make sure everyone understands any changes that were made to to compensation bans and then communicated back to the company in terms of these are our bans. And we've always been transparent from day one on here are our compensation bans by level, by role at the company. Then we use our tool to really empower managers so that when they're going in and they're doing their performance reviews and then their compensation decisions thereafter, they have clear guidelines in terms of, okay, if someone was rated this way, here's the percentage guideline, here's their comp band. We have clear indication if somebody is eligible or not um, and how exceptions to that work and all of that has been communicated to the company. We spend a lot of time training the company before we even launch our performance cycle every single time. And these happen twice a year. So I think it's a huge effort. It's really, really important. It is how people are feeling recognized on their work, how they're being told about how to improve. And something that I really want Ivory and I to partner on next time is really helping managers to have very effective conversations, not just in terms of the review content, but okay, what next? How can we help you build on your career from here? Obviously, I part of that with the with the technology you've got is actually helping give the insights through the data to support those conversations as well, presumably. Yes, yes, exactly. So basically what it looks like is a manager goes in and they're able to see their people in terms of the guideline that is recommended, the comp band that they're in, their tenure, you know, last raise. I can really pull in any data that I want and they make their recommendations. It rolls up to their manager and then so on and so forth up the manager chain until it's finally approved by HR and finance. So it's wonderful. There's no back and forth in spreadsheets, no user error. It's it's the facts straight from the system and just input right back into the system. So when it's all said and done, I just merge um, all of these compensation scenarios and it's effective for payroll. This was my first time going through a performance process at ChartHop, but Working very closely with Emily and from a DIB perspective, just making sure that we're doing the right thing. That was really top of mind for me. So I had the chance to join every single calibration session and just listen to the way that managers are speaking about their people. One, just to ensure that there isn't any bias. And the the reality is we all have a bias. So having someone there that is on the outside and just can really give the different perspective around like what's being said and how that could look and and if it's fair or not, I think is really important. Um, so just being able to understand what's happening and then shed light to, well, actually, maybe we're thinking about this a little differently. We need to do this instead um, was very eye opening for us. And it's something that we definitely want to continue. Also, chart hop makes it super easy. I haven't had this type of software in the past, but being able to look at our people data, look at trends over a certain time frame, and then um, overlay that with DEI data. So we can see if over the last 12 months, did we just promote men? Um, maybe we need to think a little bit more differently about these things. So being able to do that in analysis before going into these conversations was very valuable and super helpful for us and only helped us create a more equitable and fair process. What advice could you give to to guide them on the right path towards eliminating biases and ensuring equal opportunities across the board? It's probably building on some of the stuff that you've already talked about, Ivory. I would say it all starts at the beginning of the process. So before you hire someone, looking at the team, um, making sure that when you are posting a, a job, one, we should be posting the, the, the salary in the job description just to create transparency there. 
But also looking at the benchmarking for that role from a compensation perspective and ensuring that it's aligned to what the team looks like. And I think that transparency with putting the salary in the job descriptions eliminates the the need for negotiation or for anyone to feel like maybe they're being undervalued or underpaid in, 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 in relation to the rest of the team. I think it starts there. If we hire people at the right salary that is actually equitable when looking at the team, then the rest of the process looks easy. Then when we go into the performance review and compensation process, we need to ensure that we are linking every single project or accomplishment to a KPI. And then that rating system will automatically generate what their what their bonus payout will be or what their compensation increase will be. So if they if they get an outstanding or an exceeds expectation, they get this amount of a raise. So that way it's equitable and it's already in the process. So that way there isn't any bias to allow a manager to maybe pay a high performing uh, or maybe a favorite on the team more than in, in relation to anyone else. Um, so I think if if you're able to eliminate some of those biases up front, then you'll you'll see less of these things happen. Um, I think even doing analysis over time, continuously doing them after the process will also help. So analyzing who has been promoted, what does that group of people look like? Um, what is the relation from men to women, race, um, uh, sexual orientation, et cetera, to see maybe did we exclude a certain group? So just looking at some of those things, creating a story around what's actually happening to really see if the process is as equitable and fair as we'd like it to be. Now, I'm, I'm particularly looking forward to this, this, the next discussion around belonging. So the B in DEIB, you've talked, both talked about how you recently introduced four ERGs uh, and, and more to come, uh, a DEIB council and the Chart Talk platform as a, as a safe place for, for employees to talk about uh, their life challenges. Now, why is belonging so important in the workplace? You know, that would be great to, to understand that for, for, for listeners that hear of the, the word belonging but don't necessarily understand what it actually means. And what can those HR leaders listening start doing to promote work belonging in the workplace? Yeah, that's a really great question. I get excited when talking about the word belonging because it's something new that's coming up in this in this space. But I think of it as the result of DEI. So diversity is around like having that representation from all communities, equity around fairness and making sure that we're doing the right thing. And the inclusion is just making everyone feel like they they have a voice and that they're heard. And I think if you're able to focus on those three things, belonging is a result of that. So the belonging is really that sense of security, support, and actually feeling like you are accepted and included um, no matter where you come from. So I think the belonging piece is super, super important to really creating that community and that environment where we want everyone to feel like they can come to work and that they're accepted and that they can excel and that they're supported. I think some things that leaders can actually do is really focus on what is the culture that you're wanting? What is the culture that your people are actually asking for? Because culture is going to look different for every organization. No one's going to have the same culture. So allowing your actual people to help drive what the culture is going to look like. Um, so try to foster that culture and, and, and then make sure it's not toxic. So try to try to put guardrails in place so that way your people aren't feeling like they're being harmed at work. They feel like they have that psychological safety and they feel like they can come to work and they're actually excited to be here every single day. I think it's also important to really create those safe spaces. Things are going to happen outside of these Zoom rooms, um, outside of work, right? And it may bleed into our work life. Um, being able to create those safe spaces internally where your employees feel like they can actually 
find people that are maybe going through the same things. They can express what they're going through and also educate those around them. So that was something that came out for us was Chart Talk. Um, we were able to create that and it it really helped to drive those safe spaces where employees felt like they were able to express themselves. Even if it was things happening in the world, they felt like at work there were other people going through it with me. Um, and I know that we're here to show up each and every day to do a job but we're all feeling the same thing. So how do we continuously motivate each other to actually do our work while these things are happening? So I think if, if leaders can focus there, I think that that can be super instrumental. And Emily, anything you, you'd kind of add as someone that's, that's leading HR and, and, and recruitment at, at ChartHop? Yes, I would, I would say, you know, in addition to the programs that Ivory has built, the sort of routine channels is, is really the one-on-ones, right? So how, how is a manager remembering to say, how are you, right? So often people forget to just check in with the human being across from them. You don't need to dive right into the the items on the agenda, um, seeing what's going on with them on a personal level. Keeping track of that as a manager, it goes a long way. Team meetings, you know, how what are you doing to just have a little bit of fun with your team? It's not like it needs to take, a, you know, a ton of time away from what needs to get done from a business perspective. But some of our teams, they spend the first five minutes talking about their favorite foods or what they did over the weekend or something that a personal goal that they're working on in life just to to remember the human side. And then at Company All Hands. You know, Ivory um, almost every week has a spot where she's either giving an announcement about what's going on. Maybe it's from a, for example, Suicide Awareness Month, or if we're doing, she she also does these wonderful um, monthly awareness moments. So, for example, you know, hey, did you know when you um, say you guys, it can make women feel isolated from the conversation, just something like that. It's quick, but it's a moment to just remind people of how they might help everyone else feel like they belong. And and we also do a monthly update in terms of how we're doing as a company in terms of our DEIB um, from a metric perspective and, and any new programs as well. And so just keeping that top of mind for the company as something that is important, that we are investing in, and that there are all these safe spaces, whether it be the ERG or the Council of the Chart Talks, where people can come forward and, and feel like they can talk and share their feelings. We're going to dive into the measurement piece in a minute, actually. But one extra thing, given what you said at the start, right at the start of a conversation, Emily, about, you know, obviously Charthops won an award for, you know, best remote workplace. Many companies now are either mostly remote or at least hybrid. When it comes to inclusion and belonging in particular, are, are there some things that leaders and managers particularly can be intentional about when they're when they're managing teams that are mostly not in front of them as such, you know, physically, but they're mainly managing people who are remote from them. Is there, you know, are there steps that you've got at chart hop? Maybe some of the stuff that you've talked about, you might have some specific examples perhaps around how you make sure that you're really doing that inclusive and, and, and trying to create that sense of belonging in, in a remote workplace. I think now that we're all remote, it's just a tad bit easier because everyone's in one place. Um, I think the, the difficult pieces though, is how do we all connect when we're in the office, maybe three years ago, we were able to bump into someone at the at, at the um, snack station or at the coffee bar um, and just have a conversation. You're able to meet people organically at work that maybe you don't work with on an everyday basis. So that piece is a little harder. And I think at ChartHop, we've introduced ways to create that connection across the organization through our social captains program, 
through the ERGs, um, through the council and through chart talks, just creating the spaces where folks can get together outside of their normal jobs, outside of connecting with the same people in their same orgs. We're able to meet new people, understand where people are, what their actual roles are, and really create that engagement just across the organization through programs like that. And that's actually helped. It's that, it's, it's that one thing that it's hard to create, but it sounds like you're doing those serendipitous encounters where, I mean, everyone talks about meeting at the water cooler, but but you do you do have them over you walking up the stairs or, or, or whatever. And I'm guessing... Emily or, or, or Ivory, that talks to the retreat that you talked about earlier. You said it wasn't just full of presentations. Presumably it was an, a bit, you know, the main aim of it or one of the main aims of it by the sounds of it was to get people to meet physically and, and get to know each other better. Something too, just to add to what Ivory was saying, I think the quick feedback loops that we have are really helpful. So for instance, we hear from somebody that in a team meeting, it seems like the manager, even if it's inadvertent, is calling on people that looks like them, right? And and not everybody else. So we go to the manager. They have no idea. They're so glad to hear this feedback. They're going to work on it. We immediately notice improvement. And so if people feel comfortable coming to Ivory, to anyone on the people team, or even better, directly to their manager in this case, so that they can quickly respond to it. That's really what we're trying to create is that people come to us, we can quickly change on it. You know, let's not let these things build. You know, you hear the expression death by a thousand cuts. We don't want that to be the case here. Like these are these are simple things that can be fixed if we're just continually educating people on, you know, having more awareness and just changing some of their behaviors that they may not even know they're doing. And I guess you know, you focused on, you talked about a little bit earlier around creating that, making sure you've got a psychologically safe culture. Part of that, I guess, is people then feel comfortable to give that feedback either directly to the to the manager or or, or, or via you, Ivory, or via some of the ERGs. And the, so that's that's so important, isn't it? That's the bedrock, really, to actually, you know, help allowing this culture to thrive. Absolutely. You know, and, and we do our engagement surveys twice a year, but honestly, having Ivory has been a huge impact to the employees because she is such a safe space. Her objectives are very clear in terms of she is here to help us build a diverse, equitable, inclusive place where people feel like they can belong. And who who doesn't want to talk to the person in charge of that? And so they come and they talk to her and then she's able to work with whoever she needs to to make sure change happens. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. If you are looking to continue your learning journey, head over to myhrfuture.com and take a look at the My HR Future Academy. It is a learning experience platform supporting HR professionals to become more data-driven, more business-focused, and more experience-led. By taking our short assessment, you will see how you stack up against the HR skills of the future. Then, our recommended learning journeys guide you every step of the way, helping you to close your skills gap deepen your knowledge and press play on your career. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Emily Connery and Ivory Johnson. Now we come to one of my favourite topics, impact measurement and people analytics. We're going to go go to one of my favorite topics because it's around measurement. How do you measure the the impact and effectiveness of of, of all these initiatives that we've we've talked about? For example, have you seen improvements in employee engagement? And of course, have you seen improvements 
around some of the me me metrics you might measure around diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging of those growing within the organization? So we do our engagement survey twice a year. Um, but like I said, we make sure that there are all these, you know, open channels to provide feedback to Ivory, for example, or we do pulse surveys. We also do a, a DEIB survey twice a year. So there's sort of four formal ways of getting feedback in addition to, to more ad hoc. But for the formal surveys, really making sure that all the leaders and managers understand that they need to be a part of the action plan. So while HR might be gathering the data, it is not an HR initiative. Everyone owns employee engagement and everyone owns taking action. And so from our most recent survey, we actually have four uh, major projects going on to make improvements. There are executive champions assigned to each of them. There are managers leading each of them. And then there's a small group of employees in each of the projects as well. And so hopefully we see improvement the next time that we take a survey. But as Ivory was saying, and, and she can follow up with this again, but um, you know, getting the feedback is, it's not just to make improvements, but employees have better ideas than we do, right? We don't want all of the ideas for programs to come from us. And so social captains that she mentioned and, and a lot of the programs that she's put in place came from employee ideas. Um, and so it's so key to not just get the feedback and improvement, but what what do they think would work in terms of solutions? For, for most of like the DIB programs, the ideas came from just understanding what our employees wanted. So heard that, hey, they wanted, they, they needed some of these things. So they needed a safe space. We created Chart Talk. They needed community. We were able to launch what ERGs are going to look like. How do you structure them and then provide that, the, the guidance to even allow our employees to be able to create these things. So a lot of these things came out of that feedback um, and how we're continuously measuring these things going forward are how is that shifting employees' behavior? How is that shifting how our employees are feeling and how they're engaged following some of these things? So I think for me, I, I hear from our employees probably on a daily basis about here are new ideas, hear how this is going. Even the instant feedback that we get after a, a event or a program just provides that like, okay, I think we're going in the right direction. We need to keep building on this. So my, my philosophy is let's start small, let's pilot it, see how it feels, and then let's continue to build on it. So that way we have something that is scalable, um, that we can continue to grow over the years, especially as we continue to grow as an organization. What role has data and technology played in, in driving your diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging and, and well-being initiatives at, at ChartHop? I'll say for me, I've always taken a very data-driven approach, but in order to see the true gaps and disparities across different diversity dimensions, but also just across the organization from different departments, levels, we have to be able to use the data to really help build the foundation of what's actually happening. Then we can add in the qualitative data and maybe anecdotal data to just really understand what the true picture is. But ChartHop makes it super easy for me to do that. So I can look at all of our people data. I can overlay that with race, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, so many different things and look at intersections of data to see where the gaps are per team, per department. And I can see maybe our our HR team is all women. Maybe when we think about a role opening up, we need to 
go after um, more either non-binary or male talent to create um, a little bit more representation within our own team. Um, so things like that, we really need to begin paying attention to. And the data really helps to tell that. Because in our reality, if we look around us, sometimes it's not as obvious to us of what the gaps are, but the data will actually tell us the true gaps and where we really need to focus. Really good. And Emily, anything you'd like to add to that at all? Yes. Um, I would say, you know, to, to Ivory's point, the way that you can visualize data in, in Charthop or in a people analytics tool is really interesting. So, for example, we have our org chart. So if I'm meeting with a manager as an HR business partner, I can pull up their org chart, share the screen. We can change the filters on the org chart so that they can look at it in terms of, you know, demographics, for example, or base pay, tenure, so that they can really visualize the the makeup of their team and understand what the gaps are or where there's inconsistencies or where things are not equal. I also love, you know, coming out of the performance review process, I was able to make a dashboard that I shared with the entire leadership team that has by department performance across demographics, by manager, by team, by tenure. And so we could really look at the big picture, but also, you know, within specific teams or within a specific manager where we might have some blind spots and might need to make sure that we're making more equitable decisions moving forward. We're going to look into the future now. If we look into the look in five years time, where do you see HR technology sitting within the HR function? You know, and particularly, you know, what role do you predict it will play in, in further enhancing the employee experience? So might be a bold statement, but I see HR technology not sitting in HR. I, th- I hope that it is just owned by the business, that that something like Charthop, you know, when they're thinking about the ideal buyer, it's not the chief people officer. It's any of the executives. It's the CEO. It's the CFO. It's a COO. I think it should be a tool that is looked at as so intuitive to use that you don't need HR training you on it. It's so helpful that you go into it without HR pushing you to do so. So integrated in what you need to do as a manager in terms of planning for your org, taking actions around your people that uh, you need to go in and use it. And so I hope to see HR technology not in HR. I love that. That's a great quote. Ivory, uh, it's going to be hard hard to follow that one, but I will let you follow that one. Actually, I, I, I agree. I think um, when it comes to like people data and people insights, a lot of um, managers and executives look at, look to the people team to, to give that data. But I, I think that it should be driven from the business um, because outside of meeting or building a product or increasing sales, we also have to think about how are we engaging with our people? How are we creating the right workspaces? In order to do that, you have to look at the data and if the business isn't owning that, then that's always going to be an HR responsibility and it should be led from the business in partnership with the people team. So I, I do see that transition happening. Hopefully it happens in the next five years, but I definitely agree. Now for the final question of the day. So this is a question we're asking everyone on this series, and I think it flows in quite nicely what, we, what we've talked about throughout our conversation, actually. What do you think the role of ethics is in, in HR and, and maybe in HR technology? Yes. Yeah, so Ivory and I were, were talking, we actually talk about this all the time. It, it comes up um, just organically because um, it's a really interesting partnership between our two roles. You know, HR is in a position where 
you know, we need to think about how, how a decision or a, a change in direction impacts the team, impacts the company, right? Um, but of course, we also want to take into account an individual and, we, and ultimately want, we want to do the best by everyone that we possibly can. And it's really tough. You know, I think whatever is done there, there is often a perspective that it wasn't the, the best decision for the individual or for the team or the company. And so it's not so clear, you know, there's not always a, a right decision, wrong decision. There's a, there's the ambiguity there. And I think the partnership is really, is really key because we need to talk about all angles and then figure out the best possible outcome. And so we make sure that when when we're making a, a decision around a person or you know changing the structure of a team, for example, that we're we're thinking about the individual team and company level and hashing it out in terms of what is is the best possible outcome for everyone. Anything you'd like to add to that, Ivory? I guess a lot of what you talked about around the fairness element of of what you're doing is is really around good ethics, really. I definitely think it's interesting. Even when I started at Chardhop, I quickly began to see that employees really trusted DIB as this safe space. And it was very interesting to see that. And I think that just speaks to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in general, that the workforce sees this as kind of this safe space and more for having more of like an ethical responsibility for people. But I also think the partnership between Emily and I really helps us to balance how do we support our people in the right way, but also how do we also support the business? So it's a really great partnership um, and it's very, very interesting to see it come to life. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you. I'm I'm so impressed by the growth of Chart Hop since I spoke to Ian 18 months ago. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. Employee number 38 in April 2021 and over 200 now. You know, and I think it probably shows, you know, the, the success of the of the technology you're providing. But great to hear how you're using it within your own organization. And of course, the one question that I haven't asked, but I'm going to ask quickly now, how much is your own experience of using ChartHop within the company helping influence the, the, the way that you're developing the product for, for customers? Oh, I mean, I think at this point, I probably spend 15% of my week, whether it's, you know, with the product team, UX team sales, customer success, marketing. So we are very much continually sharing how we're using the product, how we would like to see the product evolve. And our input is is looked at from, from different angles, right? So from the expertise that Ivory has versus me versus our head of recruiting. And so um, it's really fun, honestly. It's, the, it's one of the most interesting parts of the job to me right now is that we get to help in, with the product. Emily and Ivory, it's been absolutely fantastic to speak to you. Thank you both for being guests on the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Can you let listeners know how they can stay in touch with you, uh, follow you on social media if you do social media, and also find out more about Charhop? Yes, you can absolutely uh, find us both on on LinkedIn, Emily Connery and Ivory Johnson. And you can find information about Charhop on charthop.com. You can um, read about the product and you can also read about our company and any open roles that we have. Thank you very much for, for, for being on the show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. My thanks again to Emily Connery and Ivory Johnson for joining us today. If you did enjoy listening, please do rate the show with five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with your friends and colleagues via social media. 
We rely on your feedback and support to keep being able to make the podcast. For more from us at Insight 222, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter by going to myhrfuture.com. We'll be back next week where I go on a journey with Majura Chakrabarti, Global Head of People Insights and Analytics at Syngenta, on how she has successfully been upskilling Syngenta's HR function on people data and analytical thinking. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and take care.